You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is a podcast from ComediansComedian.com. This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith and I'm doing this one on the fly. I'm, uh, I'm round the house of uh, the brilliant uh, comedian and fabulous lady, Louisa Omulan. And she's uh, kindly let me have her sitting room to record this blurb for this episode in. Uh, because next episode I'm going to be releasing the conversation that I've just had with Louisa, which was extremely invigorating. So uh, I hope you're all looking forward to that one. Uh, this one, however, was recorded, as, uh, as it's quickly become a ComCom tradition around about this time of year, in a hotel room in Dubai. Uh, this is me and uh, a comedian called Prince Abdi, who some of you will know from Show Me the Funny. Uh, many of you will not know from Show Me the Funny. He didn't last all that long on the show, and the show itself did not last all that long. But um, he, as you will hear, is an absolutely sensational comedian. I've had so much fun uh, gigging with him in Dubai, and I can only apologise, as I'm sure he will, uh, for the just rank amount of coughing during this. We've done our best to edit some of it out. Some of it, I know, will uh, has still ended up in there. Um, but uh, as, as you'll hear, uh, you're allowed to smoke indoors in Dubai, and every venue that we went to was absolutely clouded in smoke. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I'll tell you more about this in a moment when I chat to you in the middle bit. For now, please welcome Prince Abdi. How's it going, Prince? We're, uh, we're 18 floors up in a hotel in Dubai. Wow, this is amazing. I can see the Burj Khalifa. I can see lots of tall buildings. It's, it's, you've got a great... And you've got the Royal Suite as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of... Uh, it's quite posh, isn't it? There was a car accident down there earlier on. Oh, I, no one was injured. Two cars hit each other. And I was, I was sat here typing and uh, I heard like a sort of a tearing noise. Wow. And I went, God, that almost sounded like a car accident. I can't believe they can get... Like, they, there can be car, car accidents in Dubai when you've got like seven lanes... Yeah, side. well, it's just <laughs> more likely. We're, we're, for the benefit of the listener, hello, the listener, we're looking down at uh, two directions, seven lanes each of yeah, uh, cars caning it along next to a sort of futuristic monorail thing. But how are you enjoying the gigs? Oh, yeah, they're great. Great crowd, good crowd. Um, they, they're thirsty for comedy, so it's always good to have that. Um, sometimes back in London when we're doing gigs, you know, um, so, some gigs can be more difficult than others because, you know, there's comedy club in every corner. Whilst over here, this is like once a month and it's great. It's great. I'm loving it. Yeah, loving it. <laughs> that, that's funny that sounds like the PR thing in case anyone from the gigs is listening <laughs> they probably are 
So we, we should explain as well, we're both coughing a lot because yeah. people are allowed to smoke they indoors smoke here. That's, that's, <laughs> that is insane. And then, and then I heard the, um, the, was it the e-cigarette? Are they banned from here? Yeah, they said last night. That's mental. Yeah, <laughs> so the vapor cigarettes are, are, are banned, but the real ones you can smoke inside. Yeah, and yeah that's why I'm coughing because it's disgusting. Every I'm, time I keep going out for fresh air and coming back in, but yeah. Yeah, man. It's hideous. Yeah. So tell, which, of your, which has been your favourite gig out of the six we've done so far? My Which friend. one have you enjoyed most? I like the one in the little golf club. That was that was quite good fun. Uh, it's a small room, uh, small audience, but yeah, they were just up for it. Sometimes it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality, in, in my opinion. But yeah, I enjoyed last night as well. Last night was pretty cool. Um, what, you did great last night, man. That was yeah, a, you, you closed, was that the... F- I closed, yeah. That the was second time second you closed, time, I think? Second, second time I closed, yeah. Because yeah, we've been revolving on a bill here with yeah, uh, which is good, uh, Ian Coppinger, so everyone's been opening, middling and closing, which yeah, has been great. I'm, I'm loving it, yeah. It's... Uh, um. Yeah, I had a I had a guy because I was here recently. So I, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, tell us about that. You were absolutely shitting yourself on the I way was, here. I was because the on. turnover to get comics here is every two years, and I was here like a few months ago, like four five months ago. So I had to um, um, come out with brand new. Uh, 2020 which was difficult because I only got the gig like a month ago <laughs> to fill in so I, had, I was going to every open mic night in London and tried to get as much material as possible oh were you really yeah because I, I don't yeah okay yeah I was um, trying to do that because I was like oh god you know it's, it's the same audience and it was a lot of them were the same audience so I had to change everything a lot around that's why and then I had a guy because I was I'd been like you know shit, quite shitting myself basically for um, someone to shout out, I've heard that before! And that hasn't happened, luckily. Um, could happen tonight, <laughs> on the last show. But I had a guy come up to me and he said, yeah, I saw you uh, four months ago. And yeah, I recognise some of the stuff. Like, some of the stuff? You know how hard I worked? <laughs> to, <laughs> you know, to get, um, you know, uh, lots of new stuff in such a short, time, short space of time. So, yeah, apart from that, yeah, it's, it's been good, it's been good, it's been really good. Um, yeah, I'm just, um, I got a bit ill because of the smoke. But apart from that, yeah, I'm enjoying yeah, a bit it. of the smoke and the disarono that you were drinking yeah. last night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me, how do you describe your, or how would you describe the sort of stand-up that you do to someone who hasn't seen it? Because you're, you're one of the kind of, um, like you don't have a, a huge profile at the moment. You've, you've yet to do an hour at Edinburgh. I know you've been up yeah. to Edinburgh and we'll, we'll talk about that in the past. But you haven't done your kind of opening hour. yeah. And something else we'll talk about a little bit down the line is probably show me the funny and whether or not that was a help or a hindrance to where you were in your career at the time. But we, we well, I mean, just mentioning that at the moment, we won't go into depth on it just now. But you and I both did a, a show in 2011, I think. Was it 11? 11, 10 yeah. or 11. Like three years ago. Um, yeah. Called Show Me the Funny, which was an ITV1 show, which is one of the main channels uh, in the UK. And uh, it was. Um, you did great on that show. Thank um, you. Yeah, you did. And I remember when it came out, um, I was telling all my friends to watch it because I thought, I thought they were going to show me like a couple of times that I was a bit funny. I thought they were going to show that, but they did not because they edited it. And um, all my friends were like, please don't embarrass us again. Don't make us watch this show. <laughs> it was you, so painful. You didn't do great. You you crashed out on, I mean, as far as the second, TV show was concerned. Yeah, I crashed out on the second episode. And, yeah. But I was quite famous for like three months all over England, so power of TV, but for the wrong reason. I remember doing a gig and I was like, um, um, I was selling out some gigs as well, like that I was on a bill because people wanted to come and see me. I remember one the first gig that I was doing after Show Me The Funny, it was packed and they introduced me and as I'm walking, there was like a big group of stack and one of them just whispers to his mate and I could hear him as I'm walking 
past them. He goes, oh, God, this, this gauge is shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. But they were right. They were fine after that. But then, yeah, then I'll be, like, walking in the street and a dude in a white van will be like, my... Keep going, and it's you know that's that kind of encouragement. <laughs> no way, you're getting positive hecklers from some positive hecklers. Yeah. yeah, and this little old lady, I remember she come up to me. Um, I was on the bus, and she came over to me, and she goes, "I don't know why you put yourself through that sunshine. <laughs> it's very painful to watch." I'm like, come on, why are you watching that show? <laughs> I'm just realising now. I think you're the first person that I've had on this podcast who who did show me the funny who, who was on that thing oh, together really? we, we're sort of bonded forever yeah. through that yeah we? yeah we're so still... tell me about your experience of, of doing it where were you in your where were you in your stand up before that happened how long had you been going I, I, I was like... going that was 2011 so I was going four years at the time okay and you just given up your day job I just and gave up and you just had a baby and I just had a baby yeah. oh my god so it was a quite a tough time and I just thought, I just put, I put all my eggs in one basket and I thought, yep, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do this. And then, yeah, that happened. And yeah, it, was, it was quite hard. And I was getting booed and heckles and, you know, and, and I, I lost some bookings as a result as well. Is that uh, right? Yeah. And some, <laughs> some promoters that never seen me before just saw me, show me the funny. And they just judged me uh, watching show me the funny. And they just went, oh, sorry, we, we'll have to, we'll have did, to cancel. Did you enjoy doing the, the show itself? Did you have a good time for the couple of weeks you were there? Um, to be honest, I thought it was going to be just a stand-up show where you do stand-up. I mean, we were doing things like, like for example, in Liverpool, we were looking for different things like super lamb bananas and all these crazy activities. It was a bit like Apprentice. Yeah. And I didn't like that type part of it. I just wanted us to concentrate on the stand-up. So um, it was a good experience, but I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I would not do it again. No, no. Uh, I was about to say something, but I completely forgot. Anyway. That's okay. And um, so you, but having done that, so you you put all your eggs in one basket. You at the time must have been a lot of pressure on you to yeah. do well. Yeah, absolutely. And it became clear that you didn't do well because no. you went out very early. Yeah, yeah. So what out. did that feel like? Oh, I was horrible, and I was getting some. I just I don't get people. <laughs> I was getting so much hate mail. <laughs> what? It was hilarious. Really? Yeah. Because this is good. we were talking about this the other day. Because yeah. I I mean I came out of that show really having well. done fine but yeah. no one remembered me or you know I'm just sort of like some generic nice guy whereas you were sort of very visually yeah, different I mean you, me. you've got a very different look now to I've got hair but some people still remember they're like well you know show me the funny like people still yeah. remember the show it's like wow um, yeah I had I had some guy just message me and he just went I hate you <laughs> that was it I had another person that said to me um, um, oh yeah, I, I, I just saw you on Show Me The Funny. Uh, it's people like you that just make our days uh, a joy. I was just like, wow. Like, what do you mean a joy? I, I replied back and she went, well, it's good to see somebody struggling in life. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, wow. And this is, I mean, most people, when they when they uh, start receiving this kind of, like, abuse and hate mail and t- people tweeting at them and the rest of it... Um, I, I guess most of the time, most comics or artists or singers or whatever, at least the stuff that they're putting out there is they're putting out it out there on their own terms. Yeah. Whereas this is like people are reacting to a an team, edited a job team. that yeah. you're not in control of. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like, you know, if you're on Live at the Apollo and you tank, they don't show it. Absolutely, yeah. They, they won't do that. And uh, I remember the second gig that I did the, um, the, the, before I got knocked out was at the Army. And I remember doing it, and I thought I did okay. You know, there was some bit funny bits and some not so funny bits. And I thought they were going to show both part of the funny and not mm. funny. But what they did was, and this is 
this is why editing is very powerful, was um, during the interval, they st- they were filming people in the audience. So they were filming the soldiers, um, like, in the audience. And there was one soldier doing his laces, and there was another soldier yawning. And then, so when I was, <laughs> so when I was doing my set, I'd say a joke, and it would cut to a soldier doing his shoelaces. <laughs> or yawning. Oh, yeah, or yawning, yeah. No, uh, and people look at that. I didn't realise they did that. Yeah, they did that. And, um, and the funny thing was, I remember the edit, one of the editors was, like, the nicest guy in the world, and he was so nice to me. And then, <laughs> when he went into this little lab or office, he just went, ha, 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 I'm going to get them. So, you know, but you, you live and learn and uh, you just have to keep uh, keep going. And um, luckily, it didn't, in terms of the London circuit or the circuit in general, I, did, I didn't lose much work. I lost a little bit of work, but not much because I was and just getting my teeth in there at the time. Yeah. And it probably it probably helped that the show didn't go on to become the runaway success that people expected it to. Oh, I'm glad. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it, it did, then, yeah. Because <laughs> if it did, then, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll be the one who's uh, <laughs> bitter. <laughs> no, no, I mean, straight away, I knew with the whole concept, I, I, I knew that the, the gig wasn't going to be um, a success um, because of how... Because the producers were the same producers as um, X Factor. And if you, if you watch X Factor, you know, somebody saying they can sing, you know, on TV and then they go on stage and they can't sing can be hilarious. Mm. But why if you put a comedian on stage and the comedian isn't doing well, whether it's the editing or the comedian themselves, um, it's painful to watch. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah it's it actually watching people tank yeah. is a horrible it's feeling horrible. that you like, don't well, want to do. Yeah, I mean, if it's like, like I don't know, if me and you are in, in, in a gig and we're both like dying on our ass, we're mates, like, like, like say for example, you, like, you tell a joke on stage and you don't get nothing and you're like, right, next joke. Like, that's funny because mm-hmm. like, we're realising, like, okay, this is a tough gig. But when you're doing it actually on TV, yeah, it, it doesn't work. So did you, you were only four years into your career at the time, you'd not done Edinburgh, as we mentioned, and you were being paid, yes, you'd just gone full-time, hadn't you? Yeah, I just went full-time. So, so did it... Was, it was scary, because I didn't know when my next, um, so maybe I had like a couple of weekends booked for the month, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, it was, it, you, were, you weren't someone who had to go full-time because you were so busy, you were someone who, was, who wanted to give up the day job and switch. Yeah, 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 yeah. because um, when I had my, my, my daughter, it was very difficult to... Um, get any sleep she just would not she kept waking up every hour every hour and a half and then and I was teaching at the time so I'd, I'd go to school like, I'd go and teach with no sleep whatsoever and then in the evening I had to do a gig and then the same thing again I'll come home knackered and then same thing happens my daughter ah, just crying away it's like a little, a little bit selfish but yeah <laughs> she's, she's alright but did it but I suppose what I'm getting at is did the experience of of not doing well on the show did that make you think? Did did that knock your confidence in terms of how good a comic you were? Yeah, like, or were you still going out and? No, I mean I was still going out there, but it kind of knocks you. I mean, I mean, it, like it was, even give, given the we know it was a contrived situation, yeah, yeah. we know it shouldn't relate to the real world. But it probably was, at the time it feels like it does. It was hard because it it was it was a bit like being like it was being famous, but for like being famous for being. The unfunny comedian. That's how mm. it felt like. So a lot of people recognised me and I'd go to a comedy club and they all recognised me. So it kind of straight away, there's that disadvantage where people are looking at you going, he's going to be It's shit. like the compare's just gone, please welcome a shit act. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it feels like. And I remember like so many comedy clubs I went to and sometimes people come up to me and they were like, you're on tonight, mate? I was like, yeah. They were like, ha ha, looking forward to it. And it's just like for them just to laugh, <laughs> laugh 
at me. <laughs> Not and, with but me. did you did you then go on to have bad gigs? Or? Well, some of them I, I some of them had a great I had great gigs. Some of them and because was, as soon as you are funny, they go yeah. Whoa, well, what is yeah, this? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. And then some of them, uh, yeah, it, it was tough because I wasn't given the opportunity to be funny. <laughs> And because as soon as I, especially like um, gigs with stag dudes and yeah, so I'd go on stage, oh, you shit, get off, show me the funny. So straight away, you're like, you're trying to deal with them, but at the same time, it was, it, it was difficult. I remember doing a gig once, and when I went on stage, the alarm just went off. Like, and I was like, the alarm has heckled me <laughs> on the back of this TV show. And then, and then, then people recognized me from show me the funny, get off. And it was just like, but I just kept going, and yeah, I just, um, and obviously, with this job, you have to have a thick skin to do it. Um, yeah. Did you ever consider stopping? Did you ever listen to that negativity? Because I mean, I've, we've all had bad gigs, yeah. but it seems like you were in a particular hole there. You've like you've given them a gift of a of a of a way to attack you. I mean, like you know, we have tough gigs. We have, but I think you must have been in an incredibly difficult position, even amongst the very hard job of doing stuff. It was so bad at one point. Um, I remember a couple of gigs I did. Um, I, I was in Prince Abdi. I changed, like, I was a character. Really? <laughs> yeah, I did this Nigerian <laughs> character. <laughs> so I'd go and say, like, hello, my brothers and sisters. How are you tomorrow? Like, I'd just go and I'd just do this kind of guy, try to be funny. It wasn't really working, because people are like, is this guy a character? Is he... Yeah. Really, does he sound like that? Because it was motivated by a desire f- yeah, to work. to try and change and people not recognising me. And people yeah. were like, you're from Show Me The Funny, get off. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, but that was only like a couple of gigs. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, I guess it, you know, it kind of, it happened quickly and then yeah. it disappeared again. And then I remember when I got heckled at one point, they, they, one of the girls was like, oh, you're from Show Me The Funny. And I stayed in character. I was like, I'm not from Show Me The Funny, you show me the funny. And it was just like... <laughs> Bit of desperation, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk about your your act then. What kind of what sort of comedian are you for people that haven't seen you? I'm awesome. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm actually joking. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I like to just tell stories and make it funny and yeah. Just um, I'm not really. I don't know. My jokes are like all over the place. To be honest, I, I just I just like to be. I just want to be funny. To be honest, I don't really have a anything. To say I'm not political or anything like that, and I'm just yeah storyteller, jokes, 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 like just things I see that I, I find hilarious. Um, um, one of the my, something happened recently. I've never told this on stage. I was with my dad. My dad speaks eleven languages, and this is a true story. We're in Chinatown, right? I was eating some Chinese uh, for well before we ate. Um, like our dish came came out. One of the Chinese guys says the other Chinese guy in Chinese goes, um, "Who's this for?" And the other Chinese guy goes, for the blackies over there. <gasps> no way. I'm serious. And my dad was like, who are you calling the blackie? In Chinese. Oh, they my all God. freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely freaked out. And then my dad continued. He goes, we don't use that kind of language right here. That was inappropriate. All in Chinese. And they were like... <gasps> That's then the, incredible. Then the manager came over, and then um, he was like, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. And my dad started speaking Chinese to him, and he, and he was like, how come you can speak like Cantonese? And, and they were just like, look, what, that was inappropriate. Um, I don't want the food. Take the food back. And then we left, and then my dad wrote a letter of complaint to them. And then um, they sent us a fact, but we didn't go further. But he just speaks that. And he does that. He, he freaks people out all the time. Like, so he speaks so many languages. How do, why does he speak 11 languages? I don't know. Like he travelled quite a lot um, in the early days, and and he he studied in some of those countries. Okay. And he learned him. Like I asked him, how long did he take you? And he's like six months to a year. I'm like, who learns languages that quick? So he picks the languages up quite quick. He freaks people out on the tube as well. Sometimes like he'll, he'll, he'll freak them out. Like are both are both your parents Somalian? 
Yeah. Or, okay. So, and and what what's their background? Like, what is your what job was your dad doing? Um, he used to be a um, solicitor slash interpreter. Okay. So gotcha. he was a solicitor. So he would take cases from like you know for foreign um, people that can't speak that the languages. So that's why he can speak eleven languages. Okay. So he's, he's, he was solicitors for like I don't know Chinese clients and Portuguese clients. Okay. And, and your clients. and your mum, you were telling me what your mum did, but I forgot. Uh, she owned a restaurant. Gotcha. So she, yeah. Okay. Restaurant. How'd you say? Restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> she was an entre- entrepreneur. That's well, it, this yeah. is it. I was going to say because you were a bit of an entrepreneur as well, and uh, <laughs> um, but this is where you realise that uh, all, all the conversations we've been having over the last week I've been storing up. Uh, yeah. we, don't, we don't need to talk about your business interests when you were a younger man. <laughs> you don't need to say exactly what they were, but oh, no. I think it's quite interesting because I think you, on stage you are. And I've said this to you numerous times this week. You're daft as a brush. You're you're just no you're, one's called me daft before. <laughs> you are, man. You are. Except this, for my mom. Probably. I love your act because you, you on stage are this incredible combination of someone that's really kind of goofy and I don't I don't mean stupid, but kind of clowny <laughs> in a good way. You, you know, you must know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That you're like, you know what I mean. You you, you come on. You're just kind of all like kind of you. You win us over by how kind of preposterous your life is. Like, and we'll talk a bit more about this because I know one of the things I've said to you a couple of times this week yeah. is that you don't even need to write jokes. You just say things that happen in your life and just they're funny because you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you're not an idiot and you're combining that with like your, your punchline rate is exceptionally high. You're telling really silly, innocent stories yeah. that that have just got joke, 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 joke. Well, laugh, 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 laugh. And a lot of them aren't even joke jokes. They're just funny because it's you, right? And I think that's an, inc- so, I think that's an incredible... Are you saying I look funny? No, I think that's a really powerful thing uh, for, for a comedian to have. But wow. So I, I want to try and work out... Part of what I want to talk to you about was I want to work out how smart are you really how much of this is is calculated and how much of it is you just being daft and lucking your way into funny situations so you were quite a shrewd kid you said you were the first kid in your school to have a car yeah i was 14 and <laughs> it's true i used to just i don't know yeah i, used to, I was the only kid that had a car and the way i learned was um i just bought this car i think it was like how much did i buy it for something like 80 quid this car, shit car, but what's a fourteen-year-old yeah. do with eighty quid? Um, I, I sold um, VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, didn't, I didn't know they were porn, but yeah, VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> I had customers. Yeah, I used to sell these VHS porn. Um, yeah, and um, when you know. were fourteen, that's hilarious. Yeah, I was probably thirteen, and then yeah, okay. and yeah, thirteen, fourteen, and yeah, and I, was, I used to sell them, and I used to get money for that, and yeah, saved up, bought a car. And I was the only, yeah, um, school kid. I used to drive to school. So you would dri- you were 14 and you would drive to school? Yeah, I would drive to school. Okay. And I never got caught, which was cr- insane. Did you, I'm trying to imagine the 14-year-old Prince Abdi. Did you recognise that getting caught was a thing, that you'd get into trouble and that would be really bad? Or were you just kind of blind to that? Were you like, whatever? No, I was aware of the consequences, but I just thought, I just, they just haven't, like, I didn't think it would have been, I didn't think it would be severe. I just thought, yeah, they just, They'll be like, yeah, just get your license and <laughs> get your license. Yeah, uh, we'll give it back to you in three, four years' time. That's what I thought. But I never got caught, which was insane. And then um, I, I almost actually died because I was driving my car one night, and I went. I think I went through a red light. I can't remember. But next thing you know, a bus just hit me, missed me, and hit the back, uh, the the back, 
back door. So okay. so I'm so I'm I'm driving. I can't even can't do this visually. <laughs> so I'm driving, and then uh, next thing you know, the bus misses me, but hits right just just behind me. Twists my car, uh, my car spins, breaks into this like jewelry shop. Alarm goes off, and I just restart my car and drive. Parked it in my area. Next thing you know, um, I get out of the car and the car explodes. It was mental. Oh my god! Yeah, it was mental. Absolutely. And you're 14 at the time. 14. <laughs> and then I saw some more VHS. <laughs> Got another car. <laughs> this is incredible. This doesn't. Do you know what I mean? This. This. Do you see what I mean? Do you see what I'm getting at? That this doesn't sit with the kind of goofy, happy-go-lucky yeah, guy yeah, yeah, that yeah. you appear to yeah, be. Yeah, I went through. Yeah, I was in a gang too. Were you? Was, yeah, in uh, in South London. Um, what gang? I wasn't you? good at it though. I'll be honest. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I really wasn't good at it because I remember I was, how old was I? I was 16. I just got my national insurance and my dad got me a job at a library. So there was this like charity library, not far from us. That was my job. And so I had like two lives. So I had the, I had the library job and I, I was in a gang as well. Okay. And when I say gang, it was just like, just us hanging around with our hoodies and yeah, just walking around thinking okay. really bad. And then it was innocent at first. And then some of the, like some of them start smoking and then next thing you know they're like oh we need to go and like break into this and break into that there was a petrol station that was quite bad that we used to um, we used to break into not break into like but it was one of those petrol stations where they can actually lock like lock, lock like if you go in the guy can actually lock it like lock yeah. up. so we used to one of us used to hold the door yeah and then the rest of it just do it. And we used to just steal crisp. That was it. <laughs> okay, okay. Like so when you say a gang, you're not, we're not talking, you know, selling crack on street no, corners. No, 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 no. It's we're, we're, shoplifting crisps. Yeah, we used to shoplift crisps. And then, but then it started escalating. And they start getting into weed. And then I was like, whoa, this is not for me. And then start robbing people in the street. And each one took turns. And I used to try and avoid not to, like, rob anyone. Because I just wasn't good at it. And I remember I went to... One time, it was my turn to rob someone. So the gang was like, yep, go and rob that guy. Like mug, like physically go up and attack someone in the street? Yeah. Violently? Violently. And I was nervous as fuck. I've never been so nervous, ever. Right? Never been so nervous. So I went up to this guy, and I was, I was, I was nervous. I didn't know what to say to him. So I was like, oi. I said, give me your money. Right? Like, you know, try to look very, very ang- like t- rough and tough. I was like, give me your money. And he looked at me, and he went... You work, at, you work at the library shop. <laughs> it was the most embarrassing thing ever. And I tried to do that. I was like, I don't work in no library. Yes, the charity library shop. Yes, I was there the other day. You, you sold me a book. Thanks for that. I'm like, I'm serious. <laughs> and, oh, my God. And then the gang are looking at me like, they're like over there just watching, like thinking, what the hell is going on? Like, how come he hasn't robbed him? How come he hasn't punched him? I wasn't going to hit him anyway. Um, but I was just nervous and I had to like kind of impress the gang. And then he goes to me, all right, I see what's going on. This man was just like proper middle class. He's like, yeah. I see, I see what's going on. So the gang have told you to come and rob me. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's a tip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn around and I'm going to walk away, okay? And you're going to do the same thing. And I was like, yeah, but if I do that, they're going to beat me up. He goes, well, do you want me to call the police? So me and him are like having this conversation. <laughs> And the gang are like far away, just thinking, what the hell, what's, what's going on? He's not doing anything. So this man goes, right, 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 I tell you what, I'm going to run away, okay? You're going to pretend that um, you, you, you went to rob me and I'm going to run away and you're going to run after me. We go in the corner, okay? And um, yeah, then we'll just get from get away from there and then you just tell him I've got away. All right, we'll do that. 
So we did that. So he ran away. I'm running after him, but he was very slow. (laughs) (laughs) So you got even slower. (laughs) (laughs) And then he went around the corner and then I came back and then they were like, what happened? I was like, he got away. And then uh, the gang rushed me. They beat me right there and there. Because they, yeah, then they knew that, um, well, um, they saw through it. Yeah, they saw through it. Well, me and the guy were talking for like 10 minutes. Who does that? What gang member just chats to you? Like, <laughs> and then, yeah, they rushed me and that wasn't too bad. Like, they, it could have been worse. They, they just like, each one just gave me a punch. That's what they did. And then um, I decided, well, way before, I mean, I was always uncomfortable being in a gang. So I just said, nah, this is not for me. I'm going to get out of here. And then I, I think after that, like a year later, one of them got killed. And another year later, two of them went to prison. And another year later, one of them went mad. It was just, yeah, it was insane. So I was very like lucky that I got out before yeah. it could have it could have been like really bad. And um, yeah, and then I went back to that charity bookshop and I saw that guy. And he goes, <laughs> "How's the gang going?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "I quit." <laughs> it was like, "Good on you." Yeah, and yeah, it turns out he was my dad's mate. So I was just like, wow. And and he didn't know that he was my dad's mate, but because I've never met him before, so yeah. they worked in the same um, law firm. Yeah, oh my so, God. Yeah. A good job you didn't successfully mug him and then like meet him at a wedding or something. Yeah, like, that would have yeah. been mental. Well, I, to be honest, I, I was nervous. I didn't know what to do. When they told me to go and rob him, I had no idea what, what I was supposed to do. So I just said to him, give me your money. Like, you know... The most angry face, like <laughs> Jesus, and I haven't got like and my eyes are hazel, so you know if you got hazel eyes and you're trying to threaten someone, they just go, "Oh, your eyes are nice. <laughs> <laughs> They're gorgeous. Put them away." <laughs> so this is Prince. I mean, he's my god. It's so much fun hanging around with him. Um, some of you will know that I'm saving up for episode 100, an interview with uh, the wonderful Phil K. And Phil is one of those comedians who seems almost like an archetypal trickster spirit. You know, I think I said that, who did I say this about? Sometime back in the annals of uh, the show, someone will remind me on Twitter, at ComComPod, I'm sure. Um, but Phil is someone who you just feel like, if you hang out with him, crazy shit's going to happen to you. And Prince is exactly the same as, uh, as you can already hear. And you will hear over the rest of the episode, he is just preposterous. A fantastic comedian. And I, I, I couldn't be more excited to see that he's really coming into his own in terms of the very unusual style he has, the material he's making. And um, I, it was just a pleasure to watch. Sometimes when you're on a tour, you kind of go, OK, here's the same people. I'm going to watch the same people for nine nights. But Prince was just, there was always something to enjoy in how he would deal with a room and how a room would go along with him and just be swept up in this completely joyful madness that he that he brings to the stage. So, a uh, high recommendation from me. I, I, I'm not sure if he will do Edinburgh next year, but if he does, please get yourself along to see that. Try and track him down at a gig somewhere. Um, he's someone... I think part of this show is to reflect... Uh, who's brilliant and, you know, sort of established people. And then, again, on, on the on the sort of informational blurbs, I talk about unsung heroes and just people that I want to champion. I really want you to go and see Prince Abdi. He makes me so happy. I love his stuff. I'm sure you will too. That's all uh, on that for the moment. Thank you very much for your donations. Those are continuing to come in. And as ever, I really appreciate them. 
I'm not going to hammer you with a pitch this time. You know how it works. Comedianscomedian.com. Click on the PayPal button and donate me however much you want. 20 quid, a pound a show. It's up to you. Thank you for everyone that's done that and, uh, and continuing to do that. I really appreciate your support. Um, I said I wasn't going to hammer you a pitch. And then I've sli- that wasn't hammering. That was like a, that was like a, little, a little nudge. That was just <clears throat> pay me. Um, so that'll do for now. Uh, email me suggestions for guests. If you would like me to come to your festival and do a live ComCom pod, if you'd like me to come to a, a, your small town and do one there, um, or if you are at a university and you reckon you could swindle your ENTS officer into doing a live one, we've got a couple of those in the pipeline, more on that when they're finalised, um, then I'm only too happy to come to your university, town, castle, turret, warren or orchard and, uh, and come along and... Um, and do some live shows for you there, uh, live comedians, comedian shows. Um, and, uh, and that's that. That's sort of that for now. I made a note of something else I was going to talk about. Oh, Sophie Hagen, friend of the show, brilliant uh, Danish comic working in London, mentioned on social media recently that she is having problems getting things done. Uh, I mentioned that specific phrase because that's the name of a book, Getting Things Done, um, which I am afraid to say, and honestly, this isn't just a stupid setup pudge. I didn't finish it. But what I did get from it was very, very useful. Lots of tips about um, productivity. And um, I wondered what your productivity tips were, because I know we're all really busy, especially those of us who have day jobs in our, um, I'm using us in a sort of royal sense, those of you, I mean, who have, uh, who have day jobs and are still trying to make comedy work. How do you keep it going? How do you keep all the admin going how do you stay on top of all the stuff to try and carve out a little space for yourself to uh, still work on your jokes to still work on your act how do comedians how do you manage to write jokes in amongst all of the sort of administrative bullshit that seems to explode out of your laptop whenever you open it and uh, how do you get it done whilst traveling i've been on the road so much at the moment it's been doing my head in and uh, i would love to hear how you are coping with uh, with productivity. So if you've got any tips, tricks, tools, anything like that, any little like useful little life hacks, such as you could speak in ten words and put on a uh, an image. Those are the sorts of things. You know the ones where they're like, mm, put some rubber bands over your paint tins and wipe your brushes on them. So things like that that I can easily absorb and that will make my life more streamlined and more efficient. That's what I'm after. Tweet me at ComComPod. Uh, you can follow my own comedy account at Stu Goldsmith, if you so desire. And uh, you can also go to stuartgoldsmith.co.uk, which is my, uh, my own website. Feel free to have a little land at that and check it out if you like. And, um, and also comedianscomedian.com. Hit the donate button. Tell other people about the show. Rub it in their faces and ears. And uh, that'll do for now. Let's get back uh, to the smoky interview, the replete with the horrific hacking coughs with Mr. Prince Abdi. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So when did you discover comedy? When you were, were you like the funny gang member? Oh, in my in my in my school, all we did was joke around. That's all we did every single day. And sometimes I regret it because some of the teachers we made we made some of the teachers cry. Really, which wasn't nice. So yeah. when you say joke around, well, we just didn't we just didn't do any work. All we did was just dick around in the classroom. Okay, we had this teacher, um, this Spanish teacher, and she had a cross eye. And it was bad because every time she spoke to us, we didn't know which one, which one of us she was talking to. It was horrible, right? And um, she was just like, "I am serious now. I am very serious." I'm like, "Who are you talking to? <laughs> I'm talking to you." That was my Spanish accent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to interject here. <laughs> I know you're going to bring. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the part of the reason you got booted from Show Me the Funny was in both episodes you tried to do accents yeah, that you were terrible yeah. at. In Liverpool, you tried to do a Scouse accent to a hundred Scouse women. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> and that is better now than it was at the time. You clearly yeah, practiced. Uh, and then when we were with the Scots Guard, I in, tried to do the Scottish accent. Yeah. You tried to do a Scottish yeah. accent. Do you know you... what? It was one of those things where, like, you can't tell a comedian not to do something. Like, uh, you, oh, even like in, in in real life, like not real life, but you can't tell somebody don't do that because they want to do it. Mm-hmm. So I remember K. Copsick telling me, "Don't do accents," and that that went into my brain and it processed like I'm gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Okay. There. So yeah, but it was terrible. <laughs> it became known as Abdi's Gamble. Amongst <laughs> the rest of us that were still in the show. Yeah, and I think that's why they booted me out the second um, episode because they got so annoyed with me. They're like, "He's not listening." We told him from the last episode not to do accents. He's doing accents again. So they were like, "You're good going." Because it was, it was either me and Cole Parker. Do you remember Cole? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. I know what. And they told me that they were gonna kick him out instead of me but they were just annoyed that I didn't listen to them <laughs> so you were you were always dicking around at school mm-hmm. you and everyone else were you a particularly funny one out of your group of mates or was I wasn't the funniest funny? no the funniest was this um, was, was a guy called Ricky Cooney still um, we're still in contact now um, yeah and it was funny because um, I shouldn't name him actually <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because I didn't see Ricky for a long time and um yeah, he was so funny in school. He was the funniest guy ever. I was okay. I, the rest of us were okay. We all had our moments, but Ricky was funny all the time. All the, but he was he, he was a bit horrible to the teacher. He was probably the worst when it came to like being horrible to the teacher. We had this um, teacher. Um, she was um, on a large side, you know, quite. And every time she walked, he used to go boom, 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 yeah, boom. And it was horrible because she she got to a point where she was you know she, she wasn't coming into school because of him, oh, uh, yeah. And and he would like just deny. He said, "I'm not doing anything." And, and yeah. And then the teachers, the head teachers at the time, the head teacher didn't do anything um, at all. But I was, I mean, I was I was quite a good boy. Um, I was just hanging around with the wrong crowd. I remember I started a fight once um, in in school, and I lost, and I never fought again. You start. What were the circumstances? Why would you start a fight? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> I really can't. I started the fight and I got beaten. The, he beat the crap out of me. <laughs> I find it funny because I was the one, I thought I was bad, you know. And, um, oh, well, there, that was it. There was a girl that I really liked and 
she uh, they, so me and this other guy were like kind of like you know but he was like the more popular guy mm. and she was like yeah Daniel likes me that was his name <laughs> she goes Dan, da- Daniel likes me I said I like you too and she was like yeah but Daniel will beat you up and I was like, nah, he will never beat me up. You know? I was just like, he'll never. She was like, yeah, he will knock you out. And you know, when you're like 14, 15, you're like, nah, it's not going to happen to me because you think, because I thought I was bad. And so I looked for Daniel. It was all my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel's walking to his lesson, right? And I said, Daniel, wait there, right? Everybody else like went into their class. And he goes, yeah? And I, and I was like, Natalie's mine. She's not yours. <laughs> And then, and then I went to like, I went to punch him. I don't know. I think he did boxing. That's my, that's my excuse. He went out of the way and he just, he got my, he got me and he headbutted me. Wow. And I was dizzy. And then he gave me one kick up the butt. I was on the floor. Oh man. And he calmly just walked into his classroom. <laughs> and I was like, I was like this black eye, kicked me on my butt. I'm on the floor. When the teacher came over to me, you know, the teacher said, go to your lesson. I was just, so I went to my lesson, I'm sitting down, and everybody's like, ooh, what happened to you, ooh, what happened to you, ooh. And that girl came over to me, she went, I told you. <laughs> Ouch. Slam. Yeah, yeah. So, I went so go on, how did, you, how did you discover comedy then? Was that something you'd always wanted to do? Yeah, um, I wanted to do it from school. Um, when I was in school, we, we watched the VHS tape. Um, VHS, yeah, that's what we're talking about around here, not DVDs <laughs> or CDs. Yeah, so um, I watched the VHS of uh, Eddie Murphy, and I think it was Delirious. Delirious? And it was so funny, so, so funny. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, But at that time, to be honest, I never thought I could do that myself. I just thought this is hilarious. Yeah. And then going forward, um, I don't know, 10 years uh, later, and I was like 26, I thought... Yeah, I'm going to give it a go. So one of my friends at the time from college, she took me to a a comedy night and I went there. And do you remember, do you know Quincy? Yeah, yeah Quincy. Yeah, yeah. Quincy was hosting. I was sitting at the front and Quincy ripped me to shreds. <laughs> That's a great origin. He's absolutely... This, this is the first comedy night you've ever been to. Yeah. You sat in the front row and Quincy destroyed <laughs> you. Dis- thus creating you. Destroyed me. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it was a black club as well. And the thing with like black clubs is when, when they go for you, they go for you. Like they were banging tables. The whole place erupted as Quincy oh, when was you were when you, me. as in the, the comic on stage, yeah. when they're behind yeah, you. Yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You. yeah, yeah. So, so he was destroying you he and, was and killing you. Killing me, like he absolutely <laughs> annihilated me, and I was like, uh, I think I was on a date as well. Like when my friend took me, I was with a girl. I was trying to impress. Right, I'm sitting in the front. You know, I don't want anyone picking on me. And Quincy, this ah, uh, it was. I felt, I, I felt so small. <laughs> and the girl that was with me is laughing away. I'm like, you're not supposed to laugh. You're with oh, me, mate. Yeah, and then, um, and then uh, after, yeah, then uh, Quincy was like. I'll buy you a drink. Go on, go on, go on. I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it killed me. And then, um, what sort of stuff? What, what kind of? Uh... I can't even remember now. Okay. He was just like bang. But one of them was, he goes, "Where'd you, where, where'd you come from?" And I said, "Somalia." And he goes, uh, "Do you want a passport?" He was something like that. I can't remember. He just went into me, and he was just like, it was funny, very, yeah. very funny. And um, yeah. And then after that, I said to myself, "I want to do this." <laughs> Were you thinking like? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna get funnier than that guy. Yeah, and I'm gonna destroy him. Yeah, no way. Which, you? which never happened. <laughs> <laughs> he um he he had a, he had a night in um, Stratford in East London, and he told me to come down, and I did it, and it was okay. Oh, well, you you spoke when you spoke to Quincy afterwards. Yeah, you actually said I want to do this. Yeah. That's crazy. So you'd been destroyed by him, yeah. but rather than leave with your tail between your legs, you yeah. hung around, he bought you a drink, yeah. and you were like, Sensi, teach me to be funny. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I said to, yeah, I said to him, yeah, I want to do it. And then and then there's a comic called Kojo. He was there that night as well. Um, no, he came after. I think he was doing something, but that was his night. It was called Kojo's Comedy Funhouse. So I came there after. Uh, he came there after, and I said to him, like, I really want to do this. And he said to me, um, yeah, because they had a little website. He goes, yeah, just drop me an email. And I did. I remember the first gig I did was at Kojo's. Right, okay. And some of the some some audience members was incredible. They came prepared. When I went on stage, um, I, I mean... I don't. I, I took it personal at the time, but I'll never take anything personal. But I remember Coach introducing me like <laughs> he said, um, "Guys, uh, comedy can be very hard." And this this, this guy is his first time, so just trying to give him some support. Uh, for him coming on stage, and I went on stage, introduced me, and I told the first joke, didn't get anything. Tried to tell the second joke before, and I got nothing. And there was a, two guys in the front row. I kid you not, they took out a pack of cards and they started playing pack of cards right in front of me. I've never seen anything like that before in my whole life. And then yeah, it was horrible. And I was supposed to do five minutes, and I did about eight minutes. I was just on stage trying to get them back. And then Koja came on stage, got me like in a sort of a headlock. <laughs> and he told me, Get off. <laughs> and then I, I, I went off. And then, yeah, then he started making fun of me. And, yeah, it was... At the time, it was horrible because everybody else is just looking at me going, what, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? And then, and then I said to him, I'm, I'm going I'm to come back. And then... I know, sorry, then I did Quincy's. Then I did Kojo's again, like, three, four weeks later. And then again, it was horrible. Uh, but it was better than before. They okay. listened this time. And then I just never stopped. I just kept going. And, and what, what was your stuff? What was the stuff that you took on stage? How did you prepare for that? First oh, time? I was trying to be like the black Americans. <laughs> okay. So I didn't have any, any, any set or anything. I remember doing a gig up the creek. And bef- the night before, I was, I was watching um, Regent of the Hunter. I was watching him. I just saw him and I was watching him some BBC co- competition or something. And then... And one of Ridge's, Ridge's um, opening line was like, um, there's one thing I can guarantee uh, right now. Uh, I'm the funniest black folk in here. Like, that, that was his joke, right? And I went up the creek and I did exactly what Ridge said. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, there's one thing I can guarantee. <laughs> I'm the funniest black folk in here right <laughs> and there was one black guy there and I was like you're gonna disagree with me and he was like no I guess who that was who was that at the back God, Reg Reg Reddy Hunter <laughs> <laughs> yeah Reg was there and he was he was so cool like he did not even like sweat so so it was okay that that gig was people were more polite it was a Sunday it was more polite did five minutes and then I got off stage. I, I had this routine. I had these boxer shorts with the London tube map. Yeah. Right? So I used to say, you know, whenever people want to ask me, you know, for, uh, you know, direction of the tube, <laughs> I just show them my boxes <laughs> so they can just have a look at where, the, yeah. where they need to go. And then I remember one woman, she was looking for Victoria and Victoria was in my bum. <laughs> 
So I took, put my uh, <laughs> jeans down and yeah, she, she looked and she's like, ah, that's disgusting. <laughs> she was Italian. That's my Italian accent. <laughs> and then, yeah, so I got off stage and Reg was like, good work, man, good work. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, I just did his joke like, uh-huh, on stage. Uh-huh. And he was really cool about it. And then when he went on stage, he just destroyed it. Like, he was yeah. so good. He was closing the show and he was so, so good. Yeah, and then, yeah, I just never stopped. So then I got... um. Time Out magazine, yeah, and I just looked through all the like gigs in London, and yeah, I just kept just kept phoning and and the hardest thing was calling in, like calling to get a five minute spot. That was that was hard for me because I was I was not I was I'm not good on the phone, so I'd be nervous. I'd be like, hi, um, excuse me, um, good afternoon, um, <laughs> um can I um get, get five minutes? Yeah. And they'd be like, how long have you been going? I was like, oh, I, I've done like um, six gigs. And six gigs? Okay, could you call us back when you did like 100? I was like, oh, God. Oh, man. Yeah. And um, I, I remember doing the Comedy Cafe. Um, I think it was like my eighth gig. And I, lots of friends came to support. And it was like the, the longest five minutes ever. It was so long. And I remember, what's his name? And Noel Faulkner was there. Yeah. And he was like... Uh, he goes, uh, when you get some jokes, uh, come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just never stopped. And, yeah, I love it. So what, in terms of the material, okay, you've got your, your, your sight gag, you've got your prop gag with, you know, dropping your trousers. Yeah. Were you doing stories? Were you doing stuff? I mean, how, how's what you do now developed from what you were doing then? Have you, have you got any stuff now that, that you did no, seven years ago? I've got it's nothing completely, like, completely different. Now I, now I have, like, structure. I have, like, jokes I had no jokes then, and, and I had no... I didn't know what I was doing. To be honest, I wasn't even writing. I was on stage, <laughs> and whatever come to my mind, I would just say it. And, and it, the, the only um, similarity like I had when I first started to now is that when something happened, I would talk about it. I'll give you an example. One of the jokes um, that I did when I first started was um, I was walking past the park, and there's these young kids playing football. I wanted to kick, like kick the ball, and he went near me, but he went a bit further than me. But I was nearest to the ball. So this little kid must have been about six or seven. Looked at me and he went, "You're gonna get that, mate." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like this little kid is like threatening me. It was like a proper threat. You know, like, "You're gonna get that." And then um, I was walking um, to the yeah. So I was just thought, "He's a kid. Let me go and get the ball for him." So I went to get the ball. I kicked it towards them, and it went past the kid like. And he goes, and that and all. Do you want to go and get that and all? <laughs> I was like, this little kid. So I ignored him, right? And I walked away. And he goes, hey, do you want a bit of me? Do you want a seven years old, right? Walking towards me, right? And his mate must have been about, I don't know, I don't know, eight or nine, slightly older than him, holding him back, going, leave it, Rob. Leave it, Rob. <laughs> I was just like, I I'm not even making this up. I, I was a little bit scared of this little seven-year-old. I'm like, what confidence of a seven-year-old that want to, like, you know, fight you I was just like, nah, gonna kill. Yeah, I run away. Okay. <laughs> do you do you think an above average amount of weird shit happens to you? Absolutely. <laughs> like all the crazy things happen to me. All the like. Why is that? Do you deliberately put yourself in situations where there's crazy shit going? No, on? no. Because all almost all of your material, you've got some great joke jokes as well. Yeah. You know, we'll go into them in a bit. But the, you've got a lot of anecdotal stuff. You've got a lot of true stories, or apparently it's stories that presented as true. And I get, I mean, what, what do you, what I would you know. say is the percentage of the true stuff currently in your act? How much of it is, how I'd many of the stories you tell? 80%. Really? They're yeah. just completely they're true? They're completely true. Give you, tell you another true story. We're in Dubai, right? This is my second time here, right? And a couple of nights ago, um, I'm at the bar and um, this 
woman comes over and starts chatting to me. And then um, she, she was like, oh, hello, how you doing? I was just, I was just being friendly. I, and um, I thought she was like from, from the gig. I like, oh, how you doing? I'm good, good. You know. And then um, she was like, oh. Uh, and then we started talking. I just thought, oh, do you want a drink? So I got her a drink. Drink's expensive over here, by the way. It's like 12 quid. Mm. It's like, okay. And then I, I got myself a drink. Then she got another one. And then, and then I must have got like three or four drinks. I was talking. Then she goes to me, um, I charge you 2,000 dirhams. And I was like, excuse me? Like, I charge you 2,000 dirhams. I was like, what, what are you talking about? She goes, um, I'm sex, sex business. I'm like, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm not into that, sorry. Um, uh, and then she went, no, 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 okay, I'll give you one, uh, I'll do 1,500, right? So now she's like bringing it down. She's giving me a discount now. Okay. And I was like, no, no, no. Then she went down to 1,000, right? So then I thought, okay. I, tell, I said, okay, I'll tell you what. You give me the money for the drinks that I just got you, right? And then... We'll see what could And she gave me, like, it was about, I don't know, 50 quid, 60 quid's worth, like, she gave it to me. It was about 300 dirhams. So she gave that to me. I took that, walked off. <laughs> Serious. So from far, it looks like I was the pimp. <laughs> <laughs> and that happened in Doha. <laughs> yeah. So I, what? It's insane, though, over here with the prostitution. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I just could not believe it. Anyway. <laughs> but, I, I mean, do you... Is it that you are particularly... What quality is it that crazy shit happens to you? And I just... I want to make it clear as well, from the from the point of view of, of people who haven't seen your set, but there's, I mean, there's your stories about, like, you know, being in a, a, a French bakery and pretending to have a... You know, just having a French accent. And yeah. the guy... Yeah, that's true? That's true, but that wasn't in France. I did that in London. Okay, okay. Yeah. But you pretended to be French. Yeah, the guy was, okay. I went in. I was just in a funny mood, and the guy was just really getting upset. You, you've got a story. One of your stories is there's an I, ostrich in it. At the end of the story is the ostrich falls in a hole. Yeah. It's, just, it's stuff that shouldn't work. But like, if I, <laughs> if I tried to deliver it, it wouldn't be funny, you know? Um, like, have you got a story about going to a casting and having to paint a wall? Yeah. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm serious. That is a true story, but it, it was a genuine. Um, the guy just, I, I just didn't get the part. But he was actually. So usually, when you do castings for like for an advert or, or film or whatever, um, it's in a studio. So I'm thinking it's in a studio. I'm, I'm looking through this uh, the, the map. It was in Richmond, right in Southwest London. So I went over there. It's it's, it's a guy's house. I'm serious. The guy's waiting for me, expecting me, right? I get there. He's like, oh, just come through this way. Uh, he goes, so this is for Julux paint. Uh, just look casual. I've got this wall. Um, I just need you to paint this wall, right? I'm serious. I'm painting this wall for this in guy. In his house? Yeah, in his house. I'm actually is painting. He filming it? Is he's he filming it. Yeah, yeah, he's filming it. I'm painting it. And he goes, um, just do, he goes, just do one more coat. I did two coats of his wall. <laughs> this, I'm serious. And <laughs> then he goes to me, thanks. I'll be in touch. And he did get in touch, going, sorry, but you didn't get the part. But I, at the back, at the same time, I felt like, you know, he's, he's a con artist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the odds if, of someone actually doing that as a con yeah. are, are insane. Yeah. The idea that someone who is a professional stand-up comedian that regularly weird shit happens to would be one of the people he picked on to do that scam. That's bananas. It can't maybe possibly happen, act. but it clearly has. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's seen my act, I don't know. <laughs> but I... So what is it? What quality is it about you? Do you think this shit keeps happening to you? I, I don't know. I just keep getting myself into this. You, without, without you, you to do get, get into yourself into it. Are you quite sort of naive in the way you deal with I, the world? I, I can be naive. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. 
it's like even like with the youth, like the, in, in London, they, sometimes they just talk to me. Like they just say things to me, and and I was like, for example, recently I had a youth just. I don't know, maybe I've got an approachable, approachable face. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. you do. I had this little youth come talking to me one time on a, on a night bus, and he was talking to me about seahorses. Like I wasn't expecting that from a little youth who was about fifteen, sixteen with a hoodie, and he's telling me about you know about the seahorses and how they live, and he was saying um, he, could, like, he was like using his like, he's talking like a proper rude boy. He's like, "Do you know seahorses?" And I was like, uh, "No, no." And he goes, um, "He goes, you know the female she passes the egg to the male, and the male has the baby. Did you know that?" And I was like, "I did not know that." Then he goes, "Check it out." <laughs> Why does this happen to me? And I did check it out, to be fair, and it's yep. true. It's true, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so, I have no idea. So when you're assembling all of this stuff, I mean, do you... Like, you're, you're going to do Edinburgh this year, like, in 2015, you think, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I'm still... Yeah, I've got a, I've got a meeting when I get back to London. So, yeah, okay. um, it, it, it's looking highly, a lot more than likely, yeah, I think I'll, I'll do it now. At this final gig that we're going to do here tonight at the Laugh Factory in Dubai, Yeah, are you going to... Um, like when you when you put the stuff together, or, or even pre gig, you know, when you're writing the stuff, what does it look like when you're writing? Are you just sat there with a pen trying to remember stupid shit that's happened to you, or do you get an existing story and tell it conversationally and work on it that way? What what's kind of the work? Are you just literally repeating verbatim weird shit? Um, no, I mean, I, to be honest, I, I, I mean, some some comics sit down and they write jokes. I I can't do that. I go on stage, do the joke. Then I'll write after. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm dyslexic, so I do it the other way around. Um, yeah, and... I don't know. A lot of things happen to me, and it just, it just feels like... It's, it's surreal sometimes, like, all these things happening to me. Uh, I'll give you an example, uh, another example. My daughter turned three uh, a few months ago, and I took her to the aquarium in London, and we are queuing up, and I saw the prices... Uh, when we get to the front, and the prices for children start from three years old. It's like £15.90. Right? So I tried to lie to the lady. She goes, how old is she? I was like, she's um, two years, 11 months, and my daughter shouted, I'm on free! <laughs> and, then, and then she went, she said she's three, and then I, I, and I tried to tell the lady, no, 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 she said, um, it's free to get in. Right? <laughs> my daughter goes, no, 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 I'm free, I'm free. And I don't know where she got, she had like her birthday badge, right? Yeah, she had a little cake in her pocket, she had like pictures, she had all these balloons. <laughs> so I had to pay, I had to pay, and it was, it was, yeah, it was insane, yeah. And I was like, why did you do this to me? She had no idea, she felt innocent, like she was happy that she was free, and I was just like, we could have saved like almost 16 pounds, but... So yeah. would you? So with that story, for example, would yeah. you take that on stage and just say that on stage and see if it got a laugh? Yeah. So just a case of going to open spots. Yeah. So you just gig. So all of your work happens at the open spots. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it does happen in like like proper paid gigs as well. But I try, I try to stick to my solid like twenty when I'm doing like say the store or if I'm doing banana or if I'm doing comedy cafe or you know glee or whatever. Um, but yeah, so but so during the during the week, say Monday to Wednesday or Thursday, yeah, I'll, I'll try all new stuff that's happened to me. Or and do you what what are the what are the instincts? What's the process that's going on when you decide what story to tell out of the the latest ten weird things that have happened to you? Do you have a particular do you feel that you've got sort of like a radar for stuff that will work? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you have this as well, but, you know, a lot of the things, you, sometimes I think they're hilarious. And then I'll do it and the audience will be like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's happened to me quite a few times. But usually I'm usually all right. I'm, yeah, usually if, if I feel like something is funny, 
most of the time it, it is funny, but it's, it's how you say it as well at the same time. Um, you know, your style, your timing, you know, all of that. And what are those things to you? Because I, I like I, what what would you say is your style, or what is it that you that you are? What's your relationship to an audience? How do you describe? How would you define your relationship to an audience? I, I made them relax. I, I make them. I, I try to be like make, you know make them. I try to put them in like safe hands and make them comfortable. Once audience members are comfortable and they trust you, then you can kind of go, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use you, get you like guinea pigs. Yeah. <laughs> Just try it. Now that's interesting because you. I mean, obviously, people won't have seen this, but they probably heard in your voice what I saw as well, which yeah. is that you stop being quite so sort of goofy and animated, and there is something else going Absolutely. on. There's like a little twinkle there of like. Okay, I actually, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I know you know what you're doing, yeah, yeah. but I think it's... No, I, I, like to, I like to make the audience feel comfortable. I like, to, I, I, like warm, I, like to, I like warm audience, so I try to be warm with them. I, yeah. don't, like, I don't like to be horrible or anything like that. Um, yeah, and usually, you know, if, if, if they can see that you're enjoying yourself, then they enjoy themselves. Okay. Yeah. I want to I get to the bottom of this, because... Let's, do you, let's get to the bottom. <laughs> do you think you're being yourself on stage? Are you being a particular version of yourself? What, what's the difference between you on stage and you now? Um, not much. Um, I think when I'm on stage, I've got more energy, definitely. Um, when I'm off stage, I've got less energy. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> does, your, does your mood change then? Like if you're, when you're on stage, if, you're, if you've had a bad day, are you... Prince that's had a bad day on stage or that's, are you coming uh, back to a that's a really good question um, I try not to uh, I mean it's it's hard you know so as comics sometimes we have really bad days but yeah I, I try not to f- I try to shut everything down and focus on the gig because um, I, I remember I was married for three years and I remember when I was going through my divorce yeah it was it was a tough time at the time and yeah, I was um, I, I was gigging. I was doing like Christmas shows, and they're not easy, <laughs> like Christmas mm-hmm. shows. But saying that, I I just shut down. So when I'm on the stage, it's all about the gig, and then when I come off stage, then yeah, all the thoughts and everything come back to me. So I try to make it like that. Okay. Yeah, but it's 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 tough. And. Uh, I gotta. I want to. I want to pin down what exactly what I mean. There's something about. I want to ask about the this, this expression, right? Uh, you're not as green as your cabbage looking. Have you heard that expression? Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very applicable to you, I think. You look like a fucking cabbage. <laughs> and on stage, you turn up and you basically say to the audience, I'm this total cabbage. Do you know what I mean? You go, I, I can't believe all this stuff has happened to me. I have fun. This thing I... is unbelievable. What's going on? Wow. So Did been, you see what I mean? So, ladies and gentlemen, I've been called daft, <laughs> <laughs> and now a cabbage. <laughs> Carl donnelly has got that funny joke about uh, he, he, he saw someone threw a cabbage at someone. Um, <laughs> someone's walking, and someone was on the bus, and he just took a, took some cabbage and he threw it at top guy, <laughs> and he hit his face. <laughs> That's how I feel like. <laughs> you, you get where I'm coming from, though. You're, yeah. you're, what you're presenting on stage is I'm just daft. Yeah. Um, yeah, I tried. Well, I wasn't say daft, but I'd say, yeah, having fun and goofy. Goofy? Uh, yeah, I okay. like goofy bell. Uh, okay. But it is me, honestly. I, that's how I am, like, real life. I'm I like, believe you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, real life, I'm like that. Um, 
obviously, there's a lot of things I haven't, you know, spoken about, like me being in the gang and the VHS and the car. And, 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 and I remember, like, when I was, like, 18, I was, like, I had, like, a few girls on the go because I thought I was a bad boy because I had a car. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and being in the cinema with one of the girls and all these all the people coming in, and I'm just, like, ducking in case there's one of the girl, other girls that I'm seeing. And then she was, like, uncomfortable. She's like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And without a blink, I was like, I'm in a gang. Shh. <laughs> and I wasn't in a gang at the no, time. You were, yeah, okay. And um, and then she was like helping me out. She's like, okay, duck, duck. There's like, four guys. Yeah, they've got caps. Yeah, one's got a red cap. And one's got beard. Yeah, yeah, that might be them. That might be them. <laughs> and then was like, she's like, it's okay. Now some girls. And I was like, no, no, some of the girls are in the gang. <laughs> would yeah. you put Would you put stories like that on stage? Would you put? I don't know if they're funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, but if they were funny, would you be happy revealing those kind of like? Because at the moment, you're the state persona the truth. is yeah. this is this is some crazy stuff that happened. Yeah, absolutely, I would, I would, yeah, um, yeah, I, I would. It's it's things I see as well. Like I see different things as well. Like um, what what do you mean? Dif- like different things to what regular that, like, people just see? happening? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you see it, but like I don't know. Um, I. I like, I saw a guy get thrown out of a nightclub once in very, like, violent way. Two bouncers just grabbed him, threw him, right? And he didn't even, like, complain. He didn't even... He just got up and just walked off. Mm-hmm. So he must have did something so bad. So I wanted to find out. So I went over to the guy. I was like, you all right, mate? He goes, he goes yeah. I know. He was quite pissed. I was like, are you all right, mate? You know, that was quite aggressive what they did. And he goes, no, nah, mate. I think I, think, I think I got away. I was like, what did you do? He goes... I pissed on a carpet inside the club. I was like, who does that? <laughs> I just didn't care. But there is something, maybe there is something about the way you involve yourself with the world. Like, you bothered to go over and ask the guy, whereas I probably wouldn't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Another, another comic might not. Yeah, I was trying to get material. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so there, is, so there is a part of you then that's thinking... Yeah, I could get material from this. I could get material from this. Like, Do, do you ever make but, decisions when you're out, like... Um, when you're out after a gig and you meet some random people that want to take you for a drink, do you does your does the knowledge that you need to be getting material out of life in does that encourage you to say yes to offers when you might otherwise say no? No, not really, no. Because usually, I'll be honest with you, when I mean we, we are funny human beings, so you know sometimes it's very difficult to get many people that have got very funny stories. So yeah, it's. Not really. I don't really get many funny stories from people that I talk to. No, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, mean. I'm not. I'm not being clear. What I mean is, do you do you in life tend to say, yeah, go on, then I'll I'll do this. What go to a bar over there? Yeah, okay, I'll do that. Do you tend to say yes to situations to get material in order to get material? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. So because so, I think that's so interesting. sometimes. Yeah. 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 So. so I'm, I'm like, my, I don't know about you, but my brain is like always, always thinking of ideas, always, every mm-hmm. single time, like this thinking, thinking like, oh, I can make this funny, I can make that funny, it's always, and I don't, if I don't have my notepad, um, I usually just write it on my phone, like, mm-hmm. and then later on I just edit it and, and look into it, so yeah, I'm always trying, I'm always thinking of ideas, always thinking about ideas, always, um, yeah. <laughs> And are there particular, do you recognise certain kind of themes, not themes, do you recognise certain things that you end up talking about? Like, have you got any stuff that you thought, okay, I've got quite a lot of stuff like this now, I should move on to different stuff? Do you know what I mean? Do you recognise? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I've got about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes on just like youths, on British youths. Yeah, okay. So then, yeah, I need to move away from that because I've got so much on it. Or I've got like five minutes on a night bus and then I need to move away from that and have something completely new and... yeah. Fresh, yeah. Like, it's interesting you mentioned your daughter there. Like, you've got a three-year-old kid. 
you, I haven't really heard you do much on stage. Yeah. You, you sort of normally expect yeah, stand ups have yeah. got stuff about their kit. Yeah, um, because she's not funny. Um, no, <laughs> no. Do you know what it is? I think a lot of comics do talk about their kids on stage, and I'm trying to move away from that and not talk about. Um, Why is that? I, do. I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I, I just think because everyone talks about their kids on stage, mm-hmm. so I'm just thinking, well, I'm just going to be another comic that talks about their kids on stage. So I'm just want to be away from that. That's just me. Um, and plus, I haven't got anything funny to say. Okay, okay. No, that's interesting because I think I'm sure we're both those are true to varying... I got into trouble at her nursery recently. Um... <laughs> Sorry, whenever... Me, Ian Coppinger that we're talking with at the moment has found this as well. You start a story and the both of us just start laughing because we're just like, what the fuck has he got up to next? <laughs> no, I got into trouble at the nursery because there's this, there's, she's got a little bully. This kid keeps taking her toys all the time. Oh, man. Right? Okay. So she told me about this kid. So I was like, show me... <laughs> I was on this little kid, right? And he he had he had like one of her toys from the day before. So I went over to him. Now this little kid was smart. Little smart fucker. You know what he did? So my daughter's there. She she didn't like come after me. She just stood there. She's like, there he is, daddy. So I went over to this kid. I was like, so you've been taking my daughter's toys? He was like, yeah. <laughs> he did not care, right? He's like, yeah, and he's so smart. He he was like walking and went like walking backwards. Do you know where he was taking me? Huh. Where the CCTV camera was? No, I'm serious. So next thing you see is me taking this. Toy no, of this kid. come on! I you know. can't have been doing that deliberately. I know. I think he did it deliberately. So I was like, "This is my daughter's toy." He goes, "Yeah, but it's mine now." Right, so I was like, "No, you're gonna give it back." So I, all you see is me snatching the toy of this little three-year-old, <laughs> three and a half-year-old, right? And they saw it on the CCTV, and they were like, "Why are you taking the kids' toys?" I was like, "That was my daughter's good toys." They was like, "Yeah, yeah, but you should have asked us." You know, we're the yeah, star. Yeah, yeah. It just looked so bad on me. I looked like a bully dad. Yeah, and his dad, Gary the Bulldog, is looking for me. <laughs> yeah. So what? We're, we're, we've got to wrap up soon, but I want to ask you what kind of um, when you're uh, editing the story so you do the writing the other way around you do it on stage first then you come off and, and then you write it yeah. out what kind of things what does it look like when you write it out what are you um, oh I just what, do bullet what, points you bullet points okay yeah so for example if I'm doing a joke about ostrich I just say ostrich then whole and then I know the rest sure but so do you like if you had to remember some stuff you were doing five years ago yeah. or three years ago say you would don't, don't have a record of it or you just you just remember it if you just saw the bullet points I try like not I, I try get rid of material from before like, yeah. I try okay. I mean there's one my oldest job was probably the Bollywood job I've, I've had yeah. that for ages but yeah. everybody loves it so I just keep yeah it. big musical closer <laughs> <laughs> but the um, so, so but when you when you're sitting working out your bullet points, are you working on the joke there? Do you do yeah. work on it? And what, work, what work is that that you're doing? The you? work I'm doing is I twitch it. I, I I do different things. So I kind of so I would so I would do a joke. So I do it in a different way, and then that way, and then this way, and then um, so basically I would try to um, uh, improve it every single time I do it on stage. Okay. Every single time. So if I, I don't know, if I do a joke about, like, I've got that that joke I do in, in Scotland where the girl's like, uh, you're right. I was like, yeah, and then, can I please touch your hair? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, uh, go for it. And he touches me and then he goes, all right, I'll buy you a paint. Now, yeah. I thought it might be better if I say, um, uh, excuse me, uh, if you let me touch your hair, I'll buy you a paint. See? Yeah. So it sounds better. And I'm like, oh, you got yourself a deal. So, so I just try to, yeah, just adjust it every single time and just try to make it funnier. 
sometimes just the wording that you need to just twist around to make a joke funny. Okay. Yeah. And so you're trying it and then you go on stage, try it that night, then come off and... Yeah, and then rewrite it if I don't get the laugh that I want. <laughs> okay. If I don't get that on-con standing stand ovation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Which is and yet you're... to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll never happen. I'm convinced you're... Uh... Oh, I tell you what. Um, let's... You said you did 15 open spots for this door. Yeah, about that, yeah. 15? Yeah. I mean, some of it were me just coming there, coming there and just watching the gigs and the open spot didn't, didn't turn up or doesn't yeah. turn up. And, and, were, and, then, and then I'll be like, can I, can I go on? And then How would you know that the order that the open spot hadn't turned up? Would you be like in the backstage bit? Would you go and no? I know I never went in the backstage bit when I was an open spot ever, yeah. ever. Um, but what I used to do is I used to Simon, who's great. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd ask Simon like, if the open okay. spot doesn't turn up, can I go on? <laughs> yeah, like, right. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's canny. Yeah, he was really cool, and I remember like a couple of times, a few times he come over to me and he goes, "Oh, not, there's no open spot. Do you want to do?" do? Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and then there was another time where John Maloney was hosting, and uh, the open spot didn't turn up, and um, he he come over to me, go, oh, "How are you doing?" Right, and, and I didn't really know John then, and I introduced myself, I was like, "Hi, John, I'm, I'm Prince." I was like, "Hi," you know, like, um, "Can you let me know if the open spot doesn't turn up?" And he was like, "Yeah, sure." And then he went on, and he was like, "Yeah, the open spot didn't turn up." And then um, Don came over, and he was like, uh, "Do you want to do a ten? And I was like, "Yeah, I'm scared of Don." <laughs> the Don, he's yeah, he's so cool though. He's like he's cool. cool. He's the coolest guy in comedy, right? <laughs> but like, he came over to me. He's like, do you wanna do a turn? Yes. <laughs> so I did it, and then um, yeah, yeah, about t- yeah, I did about fifteen, maybe even more. And um, yeah, and I remember how I got it was ah, it was so lucky. Um, so the store, like, they changed the timings. So for the late show, I thought it was at midnight. It was actually like eleven, wasn't it? So I was coming from the, I was, I was coming, I was doing the comedy cafe, I was doing a 20 there, but I was closing. Mm. Now, Noel said to me, I don't think you have enough time. If you close, you won't make it to the store. Mm. So he put me in the middle and he told me to do 15 minutes, which was really nice of him. So I did 15 minutes instead of 20 and then Noel dropped me to the, um, the store, like near the store. Like the traffic was horrific. So we got out and we relaxed. It's about 11, we walk yeah. in, relaxed. And then we got there like half 11. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, and who was on? I think it was um, Stephen K. Amos was on. Uh-huh. Totally smashing it. I arrived and they were like, you're only in one minute. I was like, what? I thought you started at midnight. Nope, we started at 11. <gasps> so I, I, I just went, came off, destroyed it. I was introduced straight away after Stephen, uh, maybe about a minute later. And then, yeah, then I did my 10, and then Don comes over and he goes, um, that was quite impressive. You, you just went on after Stephen came, wasn't he? had a great game. And he just went, uh, we'll be in touch. You know, Don, he said, yeah. we'll, we'll be in touch. And the next thing, yeah, and, yeah, they um, offered me a 20. It was just, like, amazing. Yeah, It was, like, yeah. a year later, but I was like, I'm waiting for this. Because <laughs> you'd done the gong show, hadn't you? Oh, yes, I did. I got uh, gonged at in 11 seconds. <laughs> Is that a record? It's probably not even a record, is it? No. No, I, I went on stage and uh, <laughs> some guy just went. He just put his card. He just didn't like me or something. I don't know. I've never seen him before. He just went, no. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> and then there was another guy and I tried to tell a joke and I was like, do you know when you're on a bus? And some guy went, no. <laughs> it's the funniest. 
Such a funny heckle. <laughs> and then I nodded. I was like, hey, you know someone sitting next to you? He's like, no, no, no. And then, yeah, 11 seconds, bang. And he just you, threw me. Do you have a sense of what kind of comedian you want to be, like, 10 years from now? Do you have a sense of what... Do, is, there, is, there, is there any sort of principle guiding you? Like, you want to be like such and such, or you want to have certain types of gigs? You want, you know, comedy can... I want to be... I want to be international. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I want. I want to be international, and I want to travel the world, and I want to have fans all over, all over the world. That's that's my goal. And like a, like I don't know, a lot of comics like that. Like, there's a comic in Canada called Russell Peters. He's got his mm-hmm. fans all over. He's like probably the highest earning comedian in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's not so much about earning the most. It's just having fun and having. You know, you're incredibly well travelled. You're forever going. Oh, I was in New York the other weekend. Or just yeah, conversationally, I, I, you get around a lot. I travel a bit. Yeah, I try. I try to travel a bit, but um, yeah, and, and I hustle. I, I got into the. I was in New York and the biggest club, probably. It's not. It's not a big club. It's mm-hmm. not huge, but it's like 100 seats, 170. Nice, intimate. It's called the Comedy Cellar. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's the hardest place to get in. Because you've got people like Chris Rock and Louis C.K. and Bill. But all these people are just coming there all the time. And I smuggled my way in there. I went there and I was like, um, hi, um, uh, my name is Prince. I'm a big deal in the UK. I'm on all the TV channels. I was bullshitting there. <laughs> and then they gave me, um, yeah, they gave me a spot. And then one of the night I was on stage um, watching me was Chris Rock. <laughs> mm. he was just, I was like, who's that dude? And it like, like, almost threw me. I was like, oh, shit, that Chris Rock? Oh, shit, that's that Chris Rock? And he kind of helped me with one of my jokes. See, this is what I mean about like, um, like adjusting, well, editing some of the things that you're wording. Because I got, I got a joke about um, prison officers, mm-hmm. right? And the audience didn't, I didn't really get, because they don't say prison officers in, in, the, mm-hmm. in, in the they say prison guards. Mm-hmm. And that's what. Um, sure, that was throwing it. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what Chris Rock told me to say. Mm-hmm. He goes, uh, he goes, do this tomorrow, but. Um, Say prison guards, and I did it the next day. It was much better, and they got the joke even. Yeah, it was great. So you're a hustler, then. You're a you are. I'm a hustler, baby. I'm a hustler. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a hustler. Yeah. yeah, I tried to be. So I mean, yeah, I, I go into a few clubs in New York, just bullshitting. <laughs> that's impressive, man. Because that's so the sort of bullshit. thing probably a lot of people could try doing. A lot of people don't even try, and I'm sure yeah. a lot of people try and fail. I did this. I I, I hustled my way into this club in Brooklyn. The deeper you go in, in the New York, the more like kind of ghetto it is. And I didn't care. So I went deep down in Brooklyn, a proper like ghetto place, right? And it was proper like proper ghetto, got Latinos, African Americans, like you got the white dudes with the cabs and the tattoos. It's proper rough. And I'm about to go on. This dude comes over to me. He's like, yo, man, you gonna be funny tonight? <laughs> and I was like, well, I have to get on stage here. He's like, all right, because I just paid $5. I was like, okay. And the gig was fine, it was okay, but it was my accent was kind of messing them up. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. there was one dude, um, he he like he was just like in the corner and he's just like he's just like holding his head, he's just looking away, holding his head. So at one point no, I had to address it. I was like right in the corner, I could see him is disturbing me and the audience, and I said to him, Are you okay there? He goes, You don't sound like that, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true, man. <laughs> he was freaking out yeah. when you were doing an English accent. <laughs> it was hilarious. And then the dude that said, um, I paid five dollars, come up to me, he goes, That was all right, man. That was all right. But you owe me a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember somebody stole my Red Bull. I bought a Red Bull at the bar. 
And then I, I looked left and my Red Bull was gone. So I said to the girl the, um, behind the bus, excuse me, um, somebody just took my Red Bull. I was very polite. She's like, you what? I was like, somebody just took my Red Bull. I just, you know, gave you the money for the Red Bull. And she goes, so what? <laughs> she was like, traveling ass motherfucker. I was like, oh, yeah. I need to get the hell out of here. So what would be what would be your advice then? We'll finish with this. What what would be your advice for uh, for newer acts? Don't do it. Quit right now. <laughs> Stick to your job. Um, no. Um, best advice is be patient. Be patient. Enjoy the journey. You know, it's a, it's a marathon. It's definitely not a sprint. Um, I, I remember when I first started. I forgot to tell. I forgot to mention this. Um, I called the comedy store. <laughs> Kid you not. Called the comedy store, went to voicemail, left the voicemail. I said, um, yeah, uh, this is uh, Prince Abdi. I was, it was must have been like my fifth gig. I was like, this is uh, Prince Abdi. Uh, just calling about a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That is. Did they get back no, to you? No, they did not get back to me. <laughs> they did not get back to me. Um, but yeah, I, I said that. So the best thing is just to be, yeah, because when I first started, I thought, yeah, I thought it was going to happen overnight. And yeah, it doesn't. So just enjoy the journey, enjoy yourself, uh, be patient, don't take anything personal, um, and have fun, have lots and lots of fun. And um, yeah, and if you come to Dubai, stay away from the pressure juice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. No worries. So that was Prince. Thank you very much to him for coming along. Thanks to you for listening. Do share it, uh, click like on facebook.com slash Stuart Goldsmith Comedy, which is the current residing place of the Comedians Comedian Facebook fan page. Or you can join the group, which is a slightly more private affair. Um, I'll leave it to you as to which of those you'd like to do. Um, just, uh, just have a little search for that within Facebook and you can connect. Tell me what guests you like to hear. Tell me where you'd like me to be doing the show. Um, and uh, productivity tips if you fancy. Um, and that will do for now. I think I always get to this bit and think I've got something else to say. At the moment, I don't. I'm not really advertising anything at the moment, but if anyone knows any large sponsors, I've decided rather than, rather than um, uh, try and get lots of little advert, adverts on board, what I might do is try and find one big sponsor that wants to give me a massive bag of cash every week in return for being the, the sponsor of the show. So if you know anyone that works in sponsorship or with big brands or anyone that might be interested... I mean, it worked when I asked for a mega nerd. I found a mega nerd. More on that later. Meeting him next week. So, um, if you uh, why not email me with the subject line sponsorship if you've got any great ideas about how I can wangle cash out of this show such that I, I can stop giving you all such a hard time about it. Um, that's all for now. Let me consult my notes. That is all for now. Speak to you next week with the brilliant Louisa Omulan. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.